Let's do this. The Cult of Hockey podcast by the faithful and for the faithful. I'm David Staples of the Edmonton Journal. And I'm here tonight with Bruce McCurdy. Welcome, Bruce. Hey, David. How are you doing tonight? Bruce, I was in a kind of a dark funk, I have to say. I was had the game grades tonight. I could hardly concentrate on the game. And it was a good game. Mm-hmm. The Oilers really played well. They finally reversed the scoring chance drought they'd been in. They, you know, they... They outchanced the Jets. I think it was uh, sixteen to six or seventeen to six for Grade A chances in the end. Mm-hmm. They really played well, and they you know they played well enough to win, and they didn't, which is probably maybe justice because in the last ten games they played a lot of games where they played poorly enough to lose, and they won or they got a point out of it. So that's that's hockey. But man, this news about the NHL, the whole thing with the coronavirus, our our, our economy tanking. Um. Alberta's in a tough spot. There's not going to be any hockey, I don't think, to cheer us up through this tough spot. People are going to get sick. Um, People we know and love are going to get sick. This is not a happy day at frickin' all. It is a really crappy day. But I went and played hockey after the game. I had got out on the ice and played hockey, and and hopefully I didn't contract coronavirus playing hockey. I, I, I was wondering about actually playing hockey, how easy it is. Um, t- to contract it when you're playing it, but it probably is. I have no idea. Like, I hear it can spread airborne, and so anyway. Uh, anyway, so put me in a better mood playing hockey, getting out there and having some activity. But, Bruce, I'm not in a very good mood, and I understand that you are not either. Not at all, actually. I've had not a good day, particularly. A nice chat with my friend Low Tide this morning. That was maybe the highlight of my day, and uh, otherwise things have been going sideways or downhill. Oilers losing didn't improve my move. I actually didn't get a chance to watch the full game, so I'm going to be talking out of my rear end a little even more than usual tonight. But whatever. You know, this, thing- this game doesn't feel important at this moment because I'm not sure that no what happens next, right? No, life. The you know the the big bad world is intruded on our little escapist um, fun of the NHL, which which really what the NHL is always. It's not life and death. It's just, it's escapism. It's something to, uh, that we're really interested in and passionate about and makes us happy. So that's it's worthwhile in that regard. But the big bad world really has come crushing in. And man, you could just see this coming a mile away. We've been, we've been talking about this for a couple of weeks, about what's been happening in other leagues. And, and I said, if Serie A in Italy can be canceled, the NHL can be canceled. <clears throat> that's exactly what looks like is going to happen um, tomorrow. I think it's going to be postponed. And I, Bruce, from listening to experts, from people who know about this, mm-hmm. this isn't a one-month thing. This is going to be around for three months, four months. It could flare up again next 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 fall. You know, I don't, I don't know what's going to happen. There's a lot of unknowns, but I do think we're not going to have an NHL season. Uh, or in NHL playoffs this year. That's my. <sighs> well, today the news was coming down fast and furious. Today, I mean, the, first of all, the um, uh, NC2A canceled the the uh, fans going to their tournament, and the last I heard, they were planning to play the tournament in front of empty barns. Uh, the NBA took it one step further and just canceled games outright starting tomorrow. They won't, well, not canceled, but postponed indefinitely which may well mean canceled. Uh, the ISU canceled the World Figure Skating Championships in Montreal. And I mean, yesterday we got the word down about the two leagues in, uh, uh, was it 
Austria and Germany shutting down their their hockey seasons. And Slovakia, course, Norway, Slovakia today, uh, Syria, uh, as you know. I mean, and that's a huge league. Like, I mean, it's uh, it's clearly uh, the virus has gotten uh, the world's attention. And I mean, in Italy, they have. Uh, uh, lots of horror stories in Italy that you understand what's going on there, and it's uh, it's it's frustrating. But I mean, there, Bruce, there still may be games like until an NHL player gets this, um, they may they may decide to play games, but not before any fans, like in empty stadiums. Mm-hmm. And if they can continue that, I think that would be fan. Like honestly, man, we could use the pick me up of NHL hockey if they can figure out a way to make it work. So there's not any increased risk for NHL players. I mean, we're all at risk of getting this. And I don't know if playing in a hockey game makes you more at risk um, getting it or not. I'm not, I'm not sure that it, because you're covered in equipment, you have a mask on, but I could be wrong and I'm not an expert. But if there is a way that they can figure out to keep playing these games, and I think it would actually be a huge pick-me-up. I know for Oiler fans it sure would, and I, I think for everybody. So, like, I'm hoping... You know, I know the instinct is, well, you got to do what the NBA does and you got to be super safe and, you know, you got But maybe there is a way or, or I just could be irrationally optimistic here. I'm, I'm, ho- I'm still hopeful, but I do expect it will be canceled. Well, as it certainly as, is, as yeah. things are trending in that direction. And the, the fact is that even, even without the fan element, if you're um, – flying players around to come into cities in various states of health and they you know they're going through airports and hotels and you know together in locker rooms and stuff one player gets sick what happens to the team you know and i mean the nba is already dealing with that where you know they they would have had to shutter that one team for two weeks well instead they decided to shutter the whole league i just you know i can't see them playing in enough of a bubble that that would hold together for very long Okay, here's here's my plan, Bruce. It's the Saskatoon plan. I don't think there's any cases yet in Saskatchewan, although probably as I speak, they found some. So you fly all the NHL teams to Saskatoon. All of them. them. Well, no, just the playoff teams. You end the regular season now. You start the playoffs, and you play them all in Saskatoon and Regina. Wow. Well, what do you think? (laughs) How How many barns they got there? Well, they got a, they've got a, you don't have to be in, they don't have to be in huge rinks. I mean, no I one's watching anyway. Any, you've got no fans going to the game. Yeah, no fans. You just play at all the local rinks. Yeah, well, and, I think uh, that's, that's um, it's the, unlikely uh, Saskatchewan to happen, solution. Dude. I think it is extremely <laughs> unlikely as well, Bruce. I'm just, I'm just grasping at straws, honestly. I, I, saw, I know it's going to be canceled. It's going to be canceled. It's going to be canceled. I saw I a joke on Twitter yesterday. That <clears> somebody posted the statistics of the number of cases in each province. And they said the same thing you did, go to Saskatchewan, because Saskatchewan had zero cases. And someone yeah. else responded that even coronavirus doesn't want to go to Saskatchewan, so why would NHL players? Kind of a, ta- kind of a tasteless joke, but I, I got a bit of a <laughs> chuckle out of it anyway. Uh, well, if we can, we're getting to the point, Bruce, where if we can't laugh, we will be weeping. Uh, dark dark like, humor has seen oil fans through dark times. But honestly, I can't remember a darker time than this in terms of just generally speaking with, as you say, things to do with the economy and people's health. Bruce, most of us in North America right now, have we have lived charmed lives. 
Absolutely. compared to the you know the vast history of the world and the history of Canada you know people who came before us in Canada we have lived charmed lives no wars mm-hmm. no major wars for most of us mm-hmm. prosperity um, no major um, disease outbreaks this is this is the first right. you know real one right mm-hmm. that uh, that we've ever experienced but here we go here we go we're in history now and uh, it's our turn. So well, the NHL, the NHL has a history. You know, I grew up reading about the 1919 Stanley Cup Finals being cancelled, and an actual player from Montreal Canadiens, Joe Hall, dying of the Spanish flu um, uh, right after that series. And I mean, the flu bug was ripping through the teams and so on. There was just two teams left at that point, and they cancelled the series, abandoned it basically. And of course, the Spanish flu was a deadly virus that. Uh, took a massive toll around the world and and young people healthy people is who it hit yeah 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 this one's a bit different than that the the kids are the kids seem to be almost immune and that's uh uh the old and infirm that are really uh and the immuno challenge you know uh but uh so everybody knows people like that everybody you know i mean i got my parents-in-law in red deer in their 80s and uh uh, I'm pretty sure they're terrified about, you know, what's going on, and uh, we're terrified for them. And I'm not. But you got a your person uh, myself. You know, you got to be a little bit sort of. Yeah, well, concerned I'm about 57, and I've had a bad cold for like six weeks. Mm-hmm. You got your uh, hand sanitizer maybe, with you, Bruce? Maybe you're ground zero, David. <laughs> it's your cold. It's just spreading. <laughs> I have eaten no bats that I know of. <laughs> all right bruce this is Mm. our two good things two bad things and two numbers podcast about the last hockey game that will ever be played (laughs) (laughs) all right what's your good thing uh my good thing is the sight of Connor mcdavid uh, returning to the orders lineup and uh uh Returning with a jump in his step, and uh, particularly I'm going to zero in on the beautiful goal that he scored to tie the score 2-2 late in the second to oh-so-briefly tie the game up. And his, um, uh, well, uh, and credit where due, Zach Cassian carrying, how often do you see this? Zach Cassian dangling the puck up through the neutral zone while Connor McDavid runs um, uh, on his wing. And uh, uh, Cassian feeding the pass through that McDavid then takes to the net, dekes the goalie and scores. I mean, that's not the usual role for, it's usually Cassian riding shotgun and he may or may not ever see the puck, right? But he made a good play there. He sure did. Protected the puck nicely and he passed it at the right moment and he made a good pass. And, And McDavid, Hellebuck made the mistake of trying to out quick McDavid with the poke check and uh, that didn't end well for Hellebuck. Ah, so painful. Like McDavid's flying again. Like he was just flying. He's mm-hmm. those dry settle and McDavid. They're good to go. The Oilers mm-hmm. have two good lines. Yeah. And my good thing is the play of the second line, you know, dry settle is just making everybody who plays with him better this year. You know, remember he, he probably as early as, as, as recently as December, you would have had people say, can Leon Drysaddle drive his own line? 
Oh, he heard it for <laughs> five years. It was the stupidest thing I always thought. You know, if you ever watched the 2017 playoffs, you could see, yeah, he can drive his own line. He wasn't playing with exactly, you know, well, Connor McDavid in the 2017. He was playing with Anton Slepyshev, and I can't remember who else. Milan Lucic. Yeah, and he was killing was it. Line in the Anaheim series when the was it Lucic? Dreis, Dreis, yes, and Drysaddle had something like what eleven or twelve points <laughs> in the series against Anaheim. Yeah. So that should have shut everybody up, but it didn't, of course, because well, we never shut up, uh, including me. Even when I'm obnoxious and wrong about things, I never shut up. So it's um, how we roll here in oil country. So Bruce, he, you know, and there was a he Drysaddle had one of his horrid moments where he made a turnover at the blue line and they ripped uh, down the ice and uh and he, he he of course played the two on like like he was a forward and yeah. and got allowed a, essentially a breakaway and they scored and so you know he had one horrible moment in the game maybe if maybe a few other iffy ones but man he was in on so many scoring chances f- driving the puck at the net setting up other players mm-hmm. he is such a fantastic offensive hockey player and um and uh, I can't wait to see him play another hockey game. And that line with Ennis and uh, Yamamoto. Yamamoto is mm-hmm. adverse. The owners hit, have, have hit an absolute grand slam home run. Makes up for the Yesapuli. Makes up like Yamamoto's looking like a, the, a player who was taken fourth overall in the draft or whatever. He, what was he? Fourth overall player. Yeah. That's how good he looks right now. He, he, that's the quality of dynamite. His... He was all around the net again tonight, mm-hmm. all around the puck, and he's uh, he's a real buzzsaw out there. And Tyler Ennis isn't much of a finisher. I wish he had a bit better shot, but he's a good player. He's smart, good with the puck, and I like him on that line. And and I think that um, you know I would really like to see Nuge back on that line. Honestly, I don't know why you break up the dynamite line, and I would rather see Ennis with McDavid and Cassian uh, going forward if there is a going forward this year. But um, right. You kind of, the owners kind of got ripped off. I was thinking about this. Like, if there's a, this is it, you've traded these draft picks on rentals. Yeah. Man, that's got to hurt. But anyway, mm-hmm. either here nor there. That that line was really good, Bruce. And um, and uh, Yamamoto set up Ennis on a nice goal. Total hustle play by Yamamoto. Yamamoto came so close uh, to setting up, uh, I think it was uh, Tricidal. No, it was oh. Tricidal set up Yamamoto in the third. And then Yamamoto pure, set up dry cycle. Pure thievery around the net. Yeah. And then Ennis picked up the rebound and he fed, he fed dry cycle. And I'm, I think Hellebuck got it, or maybe the defenseman Poolman got it. It looked like a sure goal. Ennis made a really good play not to just sort of blindly fire it into the crowd, but to feed it to the open guy. And the open guy didn't miss the shot. But he just couldn't find a crevice in the. Yeah. And the uh, traffic in front to get it through. And I, I think Hellebuck got his glove up on it, was what it looked like. But uh, Anyway, it was uh, seven shots for Ennis tonight. Three each for uh, Yamamoto and Dreisaitl. Wow. Yeah. So they were, they were bringing it. But, and you know, that, that um, turnover by Dreisaitl that you referenced, like, I looked at the, I looked at the play-by-play, and I saw Drysaddle give away, and then Jets goal three or four seconds later. And I'd seen that, seen the play-by-play before I ever saw the play, and I was just preparing for the absolute worst—some kind of brutal cough job directly to the goal scorer or something. And you know what? He—that was a shot. 
He shot the puck. It hit Neil Pionk on the foot. Pionk winced in pain and couldn't put his his his, um, his weight down on his foot. And somehow the home scorekeeper decided to charge Leon with a giveaway. Like I think oh. some of this stuff is just not fair. Yeah, I mean, was maybe it, you know, it, he shot it into traffic and he didn't get it through the traffic. But I mean, he drilled the, he drilled the guy on the foot like. You know, it was a block shot is what it was, not a giveaway. But anyway, end result is the same. But sometimes I think people are seeing things that just aren't actually happening. And uh, the rush to criticize everything dry settled is wrong. And I know we do it too, but I mean, uh, it's... Well, I think I gave him an eight. Yeah, well, he played about eight-tenths of a great game tonight. He won 80% of his face-offs. How's that? So 16 and 4. Yeah. So, wow. Yeah. So. Bruce, uh, yeah, if the season ends today, he's the MVP, I think. I think he'll win the Hart Trophy. So, uh, Bruce, what's your bad thing? Oh, boy. Um, I see you made a number of comments about the referees in the uh, scoring yeah. chance document, but that's not your bad thing. What is your bad thing? Well, yeah, I'm, I'm biting my tongue pretty hard on that. Drysaddle getting run into the corner boards with 45 seconds left uh, when the when the D-man runs him, hits him in the numbers and runs him into the boards and the refs are doing this with a, you know. And Would have been nice to give the Oilers a chance there, right? It's the puck goes down and scores. And, you know, yeah, they've just pocketed their whistles all together. Like, it's totally frustrating. You know, let's develop league-leading special teams so that the refs can just swallow their whistles for the last month of the season. Anyway, that is a bad thing. Uh, I think i got to go with uh, uh, the crappy, two crappy goals the Oilers gave up in the second period. One was brutal luck. Uh, I think partly James Neal trying to deflect a pass and he deflects it perfectly into the corner, just inside the post against his own goalie to break his 0 for 2020 slump on goal scoring. He finally found the range again. Be nice if we did that at the other end, but uh, uh, that's uh, that here, a here's a, here's a bright yeah it was a tough play but here here's to counter your thing about the draft choices wasted for uh, ah. rentals if they don't play any more games Neil doesn't get to twenty one goals so there's that. <laughs> so but then this the second one where Mike Smith goes out to play the puck and he bats it down, but he doesn't quite get his full stick behind it, and it trickles about one inch into the frickin' tra- trapezoid, and he can't play it. In the meantime, of course, Adam Larson has read that Smith has handled the puck, and he's going to dump it to him behind the net. And before he realizes that it's gone sideways, he overskates the guy in front of the net. Smith can't touch the puck, and the centering pass goes to a lone guy in front, and he hammers it home. And that was... And I don't want to necessarily put it on Mike Smith, but oh, that's on Mike know, Smith. That was yeah. I mean, it was but partly bad luck. Like he didn't. It wasn't yeah, like, fair enough. It wasn't like he passed the puck from behind the net and the other team scored into the empty net. But it was. Uh, uh, he went out to make the play and he couldn't make the play. So yeah, and that's how you outchance a team. You know, whatever it was, seventeen to six or sixteen to six, and uh, and lose right. Because uh, the, the other goalie gets either lucky yeah, or he stands goal. on his head, uh-huh. and your goalie, you know, there's just bad luck, puck, bad puck luck, 
eating you alive at your own end. Um, I had four grade A chances in the last two periods, and three of them were in the net. Uh, in third period, uh, according to Natural Stat Trick, the uh, Fenwick, which is unblocked shot attempts, was one, one for uh, Winnipeg, and it was the game-winning goal, and it was something like 12 for Edmonton, and they couldn't get one in. Where's my bad thing this game? I, I didn't like the bottom two lines on the owners tonight. I thought they got nothing done, essentially. And um, there was a few... It's a job, isn't it? Well, no. <laughs> fair enough. But the zone time, offensive zone time. I'd like to see a little offensive zone time. I'd like to see okay. some hits and some offensive zone time. And I didn't see a whole heck of a lot of that. Now, maybe, I don't know what their course here, Fenwick says, but they, they, they weren't great in the scoring chance column. And I didn't see them... I didn't even know. I I, I was like... I, but halfway through the game, I had to check the stats. Is I thought was Chase on playing? I couldn't even. He was so not in the game. Um, right. So that's my bad thing. I didn't think the two those two lines have particularly good games. Bruce, your number. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I actually kind of jumped the gun on my number, didn't I? But because uh, I. I was well. I'll I'll just go with the scoring chances. Seven, seventeen, four, seven against, and how it completely reversed everything we've seen from the last uh, week, especially in Mikko Koskinen's games, where the Oilers couldn't get anything going and uh, um, they were badly. I mean, the last four games, I think the chances were average eighteen against eight four, and tonight they completely turned that around. And not that it got them any results other than you know the, the the process was vastly improved that's what the scoring chances tell us and it also tells us that the better team didn't win unless you include in your better team equation the fact that both teams have goalies and one of them was way better than the other one my number is nine mm-hmm. if the Oilers or ninth if the season ends today Bruce the Oilers finished ninth Overall mm-hmm. in the NHL, they've had a really good year. Uh, this is a team that, <coughs> excuse me, not many people felt um, would be playoff contender this year, and they have been. They're plus eight on goals. They have in, um, they have 37 wins and 34 losses, so they're well, you know, three games above real 500. That's a playoff team, and uh, you know, whatever happens, Dave Tippett. Um, Ken Holland deserve a lot of credit, and this team does. They've played hard all year. Um, they've won all kinds of games, seems to me. They would have lost in other years, you know, those years when they finished with between 60 and 80 points. This is a, a hardworking team with a tremendous amount of skill, and it's an organization which has developed a lot of hockey talent. Caleb Jones, Kyler Yamamoto, Ethan Bear, from within their own system. Things are looking up for the Edmonton Oilers, uh, even as things are looking down in the world right now. So good, good to the Oilers organization. Um, they're, they're doing some things right. And mm-hmm. it's, it's been a long time coming. So, um, now there's some talk if the season were to resume, if that's possible in a couple months, maybe, or well, they haven't even postponed it yet. So it's premature, but maybe only the top eight teams would make it. So the Oilers would be outside of that. It looks like to me, 
But um, anyway, this is all premature. We'll see what happens down the road on that. But ninth overall, ninth out of 31 teams. That's a pretty big stride for the Edmonton Oilers. So congratulations to everyone in the organization for a job well done um, so far in this season and maybe for this season. Yeah, I think if you did it by points percentage, they'd be a little bit further down the they would down the list, but because uh, they've played a couple more games and uh, some of the other teams that Dallas are Dallas right and around. Carolina, yeah. But they've got because uh, they've got uh, eighty three and seventy one games, and Dallas is eighty two and sixty nine, Carolina eighty one and sixty eight. Uh, but yeah, they're ahead of uh, I guess they're ahead of everyone else. So. Uh, it might be uh, like maybe the Islanders, eighty and sixty-eight. So they're they're around. They're certainly in the top twelve. Yeah. And compared to being in the bottom five year after year, that's a, that's a huge improvement. Well, I'm feeling a whole lot better now that I that I've you know that the I'm thinking the owners don't have to give up that third round draft pick for the Milan Lucic <laughs> trade, Bruce. Thanks for Unless pointing they that out. Decide to prorate <clears throat> the number of goals by the number of games played. <laughs> Yeah. Well, how many does yeah. Lucic have? Don't, doesn't he have to have 10 more? It's, he's up to eight. So we would have to prorate him too, maybe. So, so Neil, Neil's ahead of him by 11. He only has to be ahead by 10. So I don't think there's any way to make that math work in Edmonton's favor. Well, Bruce, it's been a long and bad day. A very good, very bad, no good, rotten day. And it's over. So, um, but we might... Uh, be catching up tomorrow. We'll we'll follow the news tomorrow. Maybe we'll do another podcast. There's probably there might not be a whole heck of a lot to say if they do postpone the season. I mean, what can you say other than what we've already said? But we'll probably well come back and do a podcast for that. Yeah, well they gotta listen to the experts and the experts say big crowds of people in small spaces is probably not good for us as a society. And if that's if, you know I don't see how they can play before fans anymore. Yeah. Like it, I can see, like there's a possibility you could play to empty rinks, mm-hmm. but uh, well, I actually was at the press conference today with um, um, Dina Hinshaw, who's the Alberta's chief medical officer, and I asked her mm-hmm. about you uh-huh. know have they looked into canceling games or mm-hmm. big public gatherings? <clears throat> Excuse me, and she said, um, well, it was premature. To do that in Canada, no. that the numbers didn't warrant that, and mm-hmm. uh, they were they were talking about it. They were looking at all the eventualities, and until there was cases of what's called community transmission, right. where people start to get it when they don't know where it's coming from, right. that's when you start to move towards that. Right, right now, every single case in Alberta, at least, is um, related to people coming back from overseas trips, and they've tracked them all. They're all related to that, so they know where it's coming from. And um, they don't yeah. think they don't think that there's a whole lot of cases that they're not finding in Alberta, right? Like, in a, I think in the states, it's riddled with cases. That well, that, that's the issue. Like, 24 of the teams play in the states. So there's, yes, there's no real way. So maybe this Saskatchewan solution could be the the mm-hmm. Saskatch the Buffalo the Buffalo solution, Bruce. Mm-hmm. Saskatchewan and Alberta can band together and host every NHL game. Uh, for the rest of the year. How about it? Yeah, no. <laughs> Either do I. Nice, nice idea, but no. Yeah. It ain't. Not in this universe. <clears throat> not in this universe. All right, Bruce. Thanks for talking tonight. 
Yeah, thanks for listening, everyone. And in the meantime, and in between times, this has been another edition of the Cult of Hockey podcast. Oops, trying to stop this here. <laughs>